0: Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Pat Scott. Hey, Pat. Good, hello there. <laughs> and Father Andrew Kinstetter. Hello uh, um, there. <laughs> good was low good there. evening, hello. <laughs> uh, I, did, I thought maybe it was like the, an old British saying, good low there, gentlemen. Gentlemen. <laughs> 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 so uh, we are back and we are loopy and uh, no, we're having a great time. Uh, before we get started, I want to tell you about another show on the StarQuest Network you are sure to enjoy called... Speaking of British things, so this Secrets of Doctor Who, uh, and you want to check that out wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Doctor Who. And get in now because there's a whole new season with a whole new doctor coming up this spring. Uh, so get caught up on what we've been doing. We've got some great stuff we're talking about in the meantime. So uh, check it out, The Secrets of Doctor Who. So, uh, let's talk. Last week we talked about, uh, you know, I talked with uh, Father Joseph and Victor about our favorite tech of 2023. But this week we're going to talk about what to look forward to in 2024 and, and beyond. Some of this tech we're going to talk about is admittedly n- n- not going to be mature in this in 2024. But so we're going to be talking about mainly stuff that we saw uh come out of the CES show, the consumer electronic show that happens every January in uh in Las Vegas. So uh there's there were some definite big topics that there seem like every year there's there's a couple of things that everybody seems to be putting stuff up for. So no no you know surprise AI is big. So there's all kinds of AI based products or products claiming to have AI, <laughs> but that way too. Um, there's uh, some always interesting stuff having to do with computers and new new form factors and that sort of stuff. Uh, TVs, there's always a new thing. Um, and so there's some very interesting stuff with TVs this year. Uh, and we're also going to talk about some health tech and even some food and cooking tech that I, I saw that that was really cool. Uh, so let's, there's a lot to talk about so let's jump right in uh and so let's talk about some of the ai stuff the first thing that really caught my eye was amazon is going to be taking alexa to the next level uh they previewed a, an ai powered alexa that that allows for more conversational uh chat um they claim that it's going to be more useful that remains to be seen. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that it's not a high bar at this point with the Alexa, I hate to say it. Um but it you'd be able to have a back and forth conversation. you're not gonna have to like say its name over and over again, that sort of thing. What what it, did you did you any of you get a chance do either of you get a chance to look at the, the video demonstrating the new Alexa chat? Uh, I did. I didn't have yeah, oh, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah what did you say, <laughs> father?
1: The, I mean, I I thought it was it, it's impressive. I I don't really I'm I guess I'm struggling to 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 imagine myself using those future features though. I yeah. perhaps someone who's, you know, lonely or something but it still doesn't really, you know, um fill that need for human connection but right you know the video was showing cool things like you know f- tell me a story about jello or something and then the <laughs> ai just you know creates this this story for him it's cool but i don't know if it's useful <laughs> i don't often have a need for
0: it you, you know, ais to tell me stories about things you know it's just you're right right it, it, and part part of it for me is we've I've had an an Alexa you know an Echo in my house for gosh seven eight years now, uh, maybe longer even, and uh, I've gotten used to the way I interact with it. I don't know that like oh, what do I need? I needed to play music. I needed to uh, set alarms and timers. Now if it does those things better, that's what I really need because right now. Setting timers can be hit or miss. Getting it to respond, mm-hmm. having it uh, wake up and start talking to me, or start playing music when I didn't add like random songs. Like, why are you playing this awful <laughs> <laughs> heavy metal song? Like right now, I don't want to hear this. What did you hear? That sort of stuff. Uh, but I, yeah, like it, it's funny because the, everything they demonstrated just seemed like I, I, I have no use for that or. I have other ways of getting that that just seem more intuitive to me. Now again, it may be because I'm Gen X and you're a millennial, maybe a a Gen Y or Gen Z that'll become more natural to them, but um I do want it to get better. But it didn't seem like they packaged it well. Pat, what did you think from uh looking at any of the materials? Did you did you get a chance to look at any of the materials?
2: Uh, not on the Alexa stuff. I didn't get a chance to, I did look at the, the Bali and, uh, (laughs) the LG robot, but I didn't happen to go to go to
0: the Alexa. Let's talk about those then because like the Bali, so Samsung Bali and the LG smart dog, (laughs) what they called it, the, (laughs) the, So it's a zero labor home hub. And, uh, that's the weirder looking one. It 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 rides on it's rides upright on two wheels and it's got eyes that are expressive. Um and then the Bally is really kind of like a BB8 sort of thing. It, it's just mm-hmm. it's just a ball that rolls around uh and it's got a projector on the front. And they they both I think have similar concepts which is they're they're like an Alexa but mobile and they can follow you around. They can project things. They can um Uh, keep an eye on the home when you're not there, greet you at the door. I don't want, I don't want to greet me at the door. I'm sorry. Unless it's it's like the Jetsons and it's got a martini. You know what I mean? Like the the maid on the Jetsons, (laughs) you know? Uh, But in general, I I don't know about how I feel about something following me around. And again, I'm not sure what I would ask it to do. Well, you know, I, I feel like I'd be more likely to trip over the darn thing than anything. Stop. Being underfoot, you know, Uh, what do you what do you think? (laughs) Like a puppy. (laughs) Yeah, like a puppy.
2: I thought it was of of the three. I liked the Bali the best uh, and the idea that it could project things onto the ceiling or onto a wall and give you some, you know, a screen that you could look at that way and or see something that you were looking for. That was kind of cool. I I don't think I have anything need to have it monitor a pet for me like it was mm-hmm. having it uh, monitor the dog and when dog was getting into trouble giving it treats that that that's not something I would use it for right but uh, I thought it was cuter than the others but I again I don't have a huge need for something to to do that with possibly the displaying something on the screen like a map or or a, a weather chart or something like that might be helpful
0: yeah i mean i suppose like if there's an elderly person who lives a home alone and having something nearby that they can have it do things for them like you know to maybe like a mobile um what's the thing you know the the you know i've fallen i can't get up sort of thing you know right. or or oh, sure yeah. or you know hey call my son you know or, or that's yeah, what sort of calling thing. somebody yeah yeah or just just in general not even for an emergency so having a a companion device like that for helping seniors to continue to live alone longer than they
1: otherwise would be able to i could see that sort of thing but you're right uh, what do you think father like uh, I I would just kind of echo you guys like I I think it may maybe if if it had a different use maybe like as a toy or a game um you know it's it's the the idea is cool but it's still it's still impractical for at least the the adult sort of kind of just normal living stuff that I'm that I'm trying to envision using it for.
2: Right. Like, I, I had, do have a client that's had a stroke. And so I know she uses her A-lady to to make some phone calls and to wake her up and different things like that. Yeah. And I could see the the Bali doing that and uh, and being able to show her a weather chart or, or uh, show her a list of things or show her a document or whatever you know, that might be helpful.
0: A mobile Echo, which is essentially what it is, you know, Amazon Echo. I I could see that and being asked, you know, to control appliances or lights or things like that. I mean, but we already kind of have a mobile smart assistant. Most of us, it's called a phone. Like, you know, I mean, frankly, I want Siri to get these smarts. We haven't heard anything from Apple. I'm sure they're working on stuff like that. But if if the if my Siri devices could, you know, like in my phone, could have these these more advanced conversational abilities, that would be that would be awesome. I would love to see that. Um, but I guess this is, yeah, I I think it's sort of an, a fad. It's it's there are two types of consumer tech: is the guys in a in a in a conference room, or you know, guys and gals in a conference room, thinking what do people want. That the, and I think that falls into that category as opposed to the sort of thing that people organically kind of want and that would like more naturally fit into their lives. Um, this is, I think, I I could see a future where such things exist, but I think we're not quite there yet. With like in our generations, like we, we come from basically three generations, right? We're you know, boomer, gen X, and millennial. Maybe the generations that follow will. Will be more likely to be interested in these things. So, um, uh, it, it's it's but that's one of the trends. Uh, the next thing I want to mention is a computing trend. It's dual screen laptops, and because everybody needs more screen real estate, that's like the, the big thing. We all want more space on our screens, and Asus has uh, what was considered uh, by Engadget as a uh, show best-of-show device, the ZenBook Duo. Now, this one looks fascinating to me. Um, it You get a picture. Uh, we'll have links, but if you want a picture it right now, it's it's like a stack. So you have the keyboard flat on the desk, and then there's almost like a iPad t- uh, tilted away from it, like an iPad-looking thing. And then on the top of that is stacked another 14-inch monitor. So you have two 14-inch monitors stacked. And the keyboard, really cool, Actually detaches so you can pull it away. Um, it has things. It has a kickstand, which is really nice. Uh, it it is touchscreen, so you can have a virtual keyboard on it. And then the the keyboard just kind of drops flat on the bottom screen, and then you can use it like a regular old laptop. Uh, and it's only fifteen hundred bucks, which was yeah. pretty reasonable for this sort of uh, sort of device. Uh, what do y'all think of the, uh, this one? Uh, do, do you want to Double screen laptop? Is that a thing that you would, would want? Well,
2: I don't particularly and I and I go back to okay, it stacks where it joins, that may be easy to break. And I I don't like that, you know, things that aren't one piece because they they, they tend to break.
0: Yeah. The hinges
2: and, and, and that type of thing.
0: Hinges loosen up or yeah, when it's when it's up in the air like that, it makes me nervous. Yeah. I can see that.
2: I've what seen you, some stands that work really nice to put a laptop on and uh-huh. and have a you know the the screen be up and and the, be stacked and in a, and a second monitor maybe beside it. Right. But I, I, for me, no, I don't. I don't need two screens.
0: What about you? I think of, for
1: for for me the the whole the the whole notion of a laptop is that it's portable and it's um, I don't for the screen space I use desktop PCs for or actually what I'm doing now is I have my my laptop hooked up to an external monitor on my desk right uh I again I just I just don't see me using dual screens in a laptop format um I think it I think it there there's potential there and maybe someone else would use it in ways that I that I haven't um but like you know just trying to imagine like pulling that out on an airplane or something
0: <laughs> you
1: couldn't uh, yeah, it would, yeah not, it, it would
0: not fit <laughs> you pull
1: it, you you you'd use it in the normal laptop mode you which would. is you're which is you're able to do
0: yeah that's and that's the it's like they the way like they they were describing it in the video on gadget was you know you put your secondary screens like your palettes and things down here or your slack your email or you know don't open those because you're on a laptop. <laughs> like, or I mean, like, put them on your phone. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I, I'm sitting at a desk with with two very large monitors. I, I really, ha- I love screen real estate. I could never get enough. Uh, when I'm I'm going to be going away this weekend. I'm taking a second screen with me to, with my laptop to have you know that it'll stay on my desk. It's one of those portable monitor things. But I don't know that I'd want it integrated into the computer itself. I I don't know. Um, yeah, it, it. I don't think this is ever going to be mainstream, but I can see like whether it's folding uh, phones or the dual monitor laptops. I think the manufacturers really think we want all we want more screen space, and we say we do. I do. I say I want more screen space, but I'm not sure how I feel about this particular way of doing it. I love the idea that they're that they're trying something new, and I love that it's fifteen hundred bucks which mm-hmm. is quite reasonable. Um, but uh, it's it's interesting.
1: Isn't it interesting that for the longest time we were go smaller with screens, go smaller, go smaller, go smaller, and now yes. it's <laughs> the reverse?
0: Whoa, 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 too small, too small, back up! <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree, I agree. Uh, all right, so speaking of screens, this is actually the one I think feels the most futuristic, these uh, next two, uh, both Samsung and LG uh, were showing transparent uh, OLED and micro LED TVs. Uh, So and uh, now the Samsung one is still a concept. Uh, There's no price on either of them. So don't even ask if you have to ask. It's probably too much. You know, that sort of thing. We're probably half a decade to a decade away from these being the sort of thing we could get in our our, regular folk could buy in their homes. But it's the it's where we're going with things. So these are transparent uh, TVs. And what it is, is it looks like a sheet of glass that you hang on a wall or whatever. And you and it projects the, the what you're seeing on it now. It doesn't look like those really bad holograms. It looks really good. Uh they were talking about it's it's almost uncanny when there are people on it. It's like they're standing in the room with you because it's transparent, you know. Uh the in fact the LG one has a uh an optional uh contrast screen that you can raise up behind it so that you can get you know, depending on what's behind the where you mount your transparent TV. But this really feels like wow, this is this is star Trek. This is star. You know, you see these sorts of things in science fiction and it feels like we're really getting there with this. What, what do you think? I mean, do, do you think w- the world is looking for a transparent TV? What do you think? I would wonder if it would take away from the immersive
2: experience when you're watching a movie or something like that, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that. And, uh maybe i 'm just weird, but like even the quest has gone to where they have a pass through mode where you can yep. uh you 've got your see your room around you i don 't want to see my room around me <laughs> i'm sorry you know i 've got <laughs> stuffed animals in in beds that are unmade or or you know I want to be immersed in something i don 't yes. want to have it transparent
1: v r take me away uh, <laughs> yes please <laughs> I think the use for this is not your average home theater. Mm. And I you know I I it looks like something yeah Iron Man would be displaying something on, right? Yep. It's it looks sci-fi, it looks amazing. Or minority think,
2: report, you know, yeah, that type right. of thing. Yeah. Right.
1: I I think I mean and as much as I'd love one, I, yeah, I I think it it wouldn't do as well as just a, a normal TV screen for me. But I think like if it was used like, you know, go to the, you know, I don't know, some, I don't know, Nintendo headquarters. And they they had mm-hmm. some sort of like display going on with it.
0: So that would
1: be really cool. Corporate things,
0: installations. Yeah. I could imagine like actually replacing a window, you know, a floor to ceiling window with this sort of thing, like in a corporate conference room or, or maybe like in a viewing like say you were in a in a interpretive historical place and you were looking out over a vista or landscape and it could project mm, onto yeah. that and you could see you know what characters, was here. Yeah. Yeah. historical characters yep. or something like that yep. moving around. Yeah. yeah, I could see that where being able to see through and having what's being projected overlaid on the environment behind it would be useful. I could see that. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, but it's amazing to see that this, like, they could make such a thing where it could be transparent, but also be a monitor, a screen, and project things at very high resolution. Like, the LG is 4K. I think the uh, the, the Samsung one's even higher resolution. So, fascinating.
1: I think that someone on the, the video was saying that it, I mean, it almost looks like a hologram. I mean, it's just kind of, yep. like, floating there. It looks like it's floating there in midair.
0: It's <laughs> amazing. You know,
1: it, it, yeah, it truly is, but, 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 but not, not practical for the average consumer no yeah.
2: no um now- i did see a tv one time uh a couple of years ago in chicago where my my niece had a building she was managing that it it looked it was transparent and then when you turned it on then it was no longer transparent you know so that but it looked like a, a oh, just yeah. a really pretty piece of glass you know with mm-hmm. some etching on it and stuff like that and so that was kind of cool yeah. but that's not the same thing this is
0: Right, right. I've, I've, yeah, like privacy glass uh, of that sort. Yeah. Uh, so th- that and then actually the LG thing also has their uh, something we talked about from CES last year, which was like the wireless transmission, like the tra- it's transmitting the signal wirelessly. So you don't have all the wires coming off of it except for power. They haven't figured out how to get rid of a, a wire for power yet. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they're working on it. Uh, so, and then another big category this year, which I think every year is health tech. And there was some interesting stuff there as well. Uh, one of the ones that, uh, and highlighted is, a, a it's a gyro glove and it's designed for people who have, uh, essential tremors, uh, like Parkinson's and other, it makes it difficult for people with hand tremors. They, 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 they have a difficult time grasping things or operating, you know, buttons or zippers or knobs or, you know, the things that we take for granted on a regular basis, even picking up glasses of water. Uh, and so what the gyroglove does is it has a gyroscope in it that rotates, I think they said, uh, faster than a, a jet turbine. And it but it it changes directions to counteract the tremors, the microtremors tremors. In your in your hands and so it's stable basically it stabilizes the hand so that people and they had the, the article will cites one woman who's been using it about how it it finally makes she can button her shirt or move a cup of coffee around or write a note with a pen uh, fascinating to me to see this so what do you think of of this sort of thing it looks it looks huge uh, and they say it's actually they make it the buttons and controls big for people who who are trying to put it on with the tremors uh, but what what do you all think of this this health tech? I know several people with essential tremors that
2: are really bad and several people, clients included, with Parkinson's. Mm. So I can see this would be a really big thing. I hope that the, the cost of it comes down. Yeah, uh, that would be what I would hope. But I know somebody trying to pick up a, a bowl of soup or something is just impossible. Right. You know, or trying to even get the spoon to their mouth. And so this would be such a wonderful thing to help yeah. them be able to handle a lot of the things more independently.
0: Yeah, it's fifty nine hundred dollars, uh, uh, you know, for for sale. And I I don't know if some of those things are able um, to be covered by med- by insurance or not. But um, I would hope so. Yeah. But but it, but it is. um it is still quite expensive, but you know the ideas as these things get out there. Hopefully, the the price comes they, down. They and, come down, yeah, and they become available to more people because it really could change people's lives.
1: I think this is one of the areas of of tech that is just. I mean, I think this is probably where a lot of the future is. Besides the next big screen, or you know, yeah. whatever. Uh, you know, health tech is so so big, and they're they're getting you know all of these cool things that can help people with with. Parkinson's and, you know, the hand tremors and, you know, they have, I think one of these, I, um, I don't know if it was CES or if it's just, you know, there's like a ring that can like mm-hmm. detect all these health metrics and sync oh, yeah. it to your phone. And the um, aura. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I know even one of them was, was there was an all in one gadget that was doing all these sensing things with, with health and then syncing right. it with your, your, Healthcare provider. And- yep.
0: Let's talk about that one. That's the it's the Withings Withings Bimo. It's called, um, and it's 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 sort of like the first step toward the Star Trek tricorder, right? The medical tricorder, um, right? And it it has multiple sensors in it. It has a digital, th- has a thermometer, an ECG, stethoscope, a pulse oximeter. Uh, blood oxygen. So it'll measure all these different things. And, you know, you wave it at yourself in these different ways, depending on what you're measuring. Um, it's it's 250. I, I'm looking at it, the, and it, the thing I ask myself is, what makes it different from, say, the sensors in my watch? Uh, I have a pulse oximeter and ECG in it. And I guess the big difference is the, um, it's probably, they're better sensors, because they're bigger, accurate. more accurate. Um, and there's a few sensors that aren't in my watches. Like my watch can't tell my temperature and that sort of thing. And the watch c- has to try to measure from your wrist, whereas this device has you move it to the place that it needs to measure, right? So to your uh, chest or or what have you. Um, and then it, like you said, Father, it integrates with an app on your phone and then will send it mm-hmm. to your doctor because your 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 doctor has to interpret the data yeah, you know, that's really what's important here. Um, so that this would probably be something you would get in conjunction with talking to your doctor about it. Uh, and but we're getting further and further along to sort of this constant diagnostic, medical diagnostic life, where our 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 uh, well being, our physical well being, is constantly monitored. Uh, would was this be something you would think about? Hm, Not for
2: myself. I guess at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I again, I would see that this be be helpful in a home health care situation, right? Uh, but I uh, I'm perfectly happy with 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 uh, the level of stuff I've got. Except that I would really like, and I know it can't right now, is I would like a a m- much more mobile blood pressure method. You mm-hmm. know, in terms of like, yeah, your watch can't do that right now
0: right right that that for me that in the blood sugar uh
2: the blood sugar yeah that yeah. would be that those are the things that i would be interested in but the, it doesn't need to be an all in one right you know but i do like the integration that with the doc you know being
1: able to send it to the doctor that's kind of nice mm. i think the key there is just it has to they have to make sure that it's private right yeah he
0: definitely mm-hmm. and and that the that, that the real-time information about your well-being and health is not detrimental. That's not going to your insurance company so that they can use it against you. That's always a big concern uh, for for this sort of stuff. Um, We don't want our insurance companies penalizing us because we had, you know, oh, you had, you know, some ice cream last night, you know, and so we're going to, up your premium or
1: something crazy you know mm-hmm. uh, or whatever it is um ice cream ice cream lovers are more at risk for all sorts of things <laughs> no kidding. kidding enjoying life is one of those yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. you are for higher risk of life and enjoyment <laughs> we'll have to raise your premium um the the one of the i think one of the links you put in uh pat which is fascinating was the uh, cpr dummy of the future um the we all remember those of us who've taken c p r classes remember the inanimate little uh c p r annie i think it is uh, the that they they had us trained on but this is like a a full fledged robotic human with all the systems and and uh, fluids fluids and <laughs> musculature and uh it, it's really a training dummy for professional medical professionals uh but the the video was fascinating
2: oh i love i love that i mean it was like you know it's, it's almost like the old operation game. How can you do something without hurting anybody, uh, <laughs> yeah. but but learn something from it? And so that I thought that was really cool for medical uh, training purposes, not for home right. entertainment, obviously.
0: Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't operate even on dummies for home entertainment because no. that's just creepy. Um, yeah, like the, I like mean, the,
1: go ahead. I was just going to say that the more that they can get that – it sounds weird but the more that they can get that to be lifelike the better it will be for the medical train the the yeah. training for medical professionals
0: definitely i mean they because they said that you use real medical diagnostic tools and and, and treatment tools on it uh, if it has a collapsed lung, you put it, you you inject a needle into a real needle into the chest and it lets the air out. Real, you know, it re- has a real air thing, a sack in there. Um, if you have to uh, do a tracheotomy, there's real blood that appears uh, when you, you do. We, I, I won't go into any more detail uh, for the squeamish uh, who might be listening. Uh, right. So trigger warning. But um, but it is fascinating. Realistic. That's enough to say. Yeah. And um, how did Data put it? It's fully functional, like it has all of the body parts, like it's a full body thing. So, you know, they, they can treat everything. I want my paramedics, my doctors, nurses, I want them all to be really well trained when it comes time yes. to treat me. Uh, so that that is the, the better the training, uh, the better the, the tools to train with, the better. Uh, and you'll, you, you can uh, click the link to see. Uh, if you are interested in finding out more about this thing in uh you't buy one, one
2: to the, your local medical school yeah, there's seventy <laughs> i think there's
0: the the full set is seventy thousand dollars it includes interchangeable limbs with with uh specific wounds and stuff it's uh it's fascinating uh now one that's really interesting for, uh that, that i feel like it could be handy for everybody not just for those with hearing loss but there's uh and and I know like Apple's trying to do this with the ear the AirPods, but there's a company called OrCam here, which they're special ear earbuds that you put in, and it interacts with an app on your phone, and it it's got an AI model that learns particular voices of people talking to you within seconds, and then isolates them so you can hear just them in a crowded noisy place. And uh the in the article they were talking about like testing it out and how amazingly it worked to just have just you know the uh you you what, how did you you like you kind of move the 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 circle of the person you're talking to into a special place in the app on the phone and suddenly bam you're hearing them and no one else, you know, uh even though everyone's talking. Uh that's kind of amazing. And the fact that it could identify different
2: voices and still have, you know, be able to isolate each one so that
0: you could tell who was saying what. Right. You know? I think this would be great, not just for people who have um, hearing loss, but also people who have anxiety or other kind of issues, social uh, 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 anxiety, um, about, like because I have a couple of kids who have noise-related anxiety issues whether in crowded spaces or whatever or they're trying to talk to someone there's lots of noise around and they they get overloaded um having the ability and so they wear headphones with music playing to kind of tune things out but having the ability to put in earbuds and have a conversation with somebody and tuning everything else out right I think would be great that would be really great Yeah. yeah uh what do you think I mean is uh uh, I'd buy one. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, I mean, you know, you you know, someone who has uh, hearing loss, Pat. I mean, it's a uh, oh yes, in trouble. I've hearing. got several
2: people. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um. So uh, yeah, and it's it, they're gonna make it available on iOS and Android, shipping later this year. They said. So we'll we'll see um how how much that is and and that sort of thing, but uh, yeah, fascinating. I, I like that one. Well, I'd um, like
2: to see it paired with the one that, that does the transcribe too.
0: Yes, because
2: uh, uh, that's something that I've been actively uh, researching is transcription apps. Okay. And I saw this thing on the, the noise isolation or the voice isolation. I thought, you know, it would be great to marry those two things together, too.
0: Right. So that what you're talking about is tr- it's called Transcribe glass and it's a little The uh, thing that you mount on some on your eyeglasses or sunglasses, and it's got a little screen that appears in the corner of your eye. And it basically provides real time closed captioning of conversations uh, with people, which for for the deaf or hard of hearing or other people who have hearing issues could be amazing because real time transcription of of voices in, in, you know, of live people. Has be- is becoming better and better, frankly. It's really amazing to see. Um, I-, I can imagine this being useful in things like going to the movies, although most movie theaters have uh, assisted stuff now. But but the, the people that I know that are
2: deaf don't really like those because they're not they're not in front of their eyes. It's they down a separate little tablet that uh, they got to look down. They're having to keep going mm. up and down between the screen, and so uh. they've got a system of devices. They're not very practical.
0: Gotcha, gotcha.
2: Okay, for some people,
0: I've seen somewhere they it mounts on the like the seat back in front of you or like somewhere but but you still have to change your your uh focus focus between yeah. them so yeah that doesn't work great so this would be great for something like that going to the movies going to the a play in the theater that sort of thing um it's you know, that's really cool so you, between the two of them you could really <laughs> tune out the world and focus on something which would be <laughs> that nice. would be
2: nice well and i understand that the transcribed glass would also do uh language translation as well.
0: Ooh. That's the universal yeah. translator for us uh, folks. <laughs> I know. Getting, there. getting close, getting close Star Trek is becoming reality. Uh let's talk about some of the food uh, tech because there's two of them that really kind of caught my eye. Uh I, I I'm a I'm a I'm a, a man in my uh 50s, that means I'm into smoked meats and so uh <laughs> it's required by law. So this one G has the new G Profile Smart Indoor Smoker. And this is a smoker that goes in your into a kitchen, and like, why would I do this? Why why wouldn't I just buy a pellet grill or whatever? And you, that's great if you have an outdoors, but if you live in the city mm-hmm. if you don't, you, you know, apartment you, building, you're not they're not gonna let you put a you know a, a Traeger out on your balcony <laughs> it's not the, the apartment building if you even have a balcony. Uh, this is smokeless, it's like it, it will. Um, uh, contain the smoke, but it really, cre- according to the way that they uh, described it, it really will give is infuse smoke into your the things you cook, but contain it in a in a, a smart way. It's got a you know, a computer in it, it, it it knows how long to do things, and you program it to to make things so it takes some of the hands on fun out of it, you know, that that back to nature sort of man fire smoke meat you know, sort of thing. But I don't know. Would you buy one?
1: That was actually going to be a question that I had for you. Uh, <laughs> and Actually. And more so in regards to the other, the other gadget that you have on this list. I actually, I think this grill thing or this uh, smoker thing is, is brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and, and for, for one, because it's smokeless, I mean, it's, doesn't produce smoke. It doesn't
2: pollute the air. (laughs) Right. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. So, you know, so yeah, you can, you can, you can use it, you know, in an apartment building in New York. But what I also like about it is that for the intimidated, the one, the one who doesn't know what they're doing, the one who's unsure how to start, this is sort of a, would be a great way for them to say, to get into smoking and then maybe branch out from there, but at least to get some in the door and it's going to be, you know, they're going to have, they're going to, yeah, they're going to have more success stories starting off than, than not ideally.
0: I would say if I had a thousand dollars and not a lot of knowledge about smoking meats or foods in general, I still might go for, a, you can get a, a pretty decent pellet grill for a thousand dollars if you've got the space for it, if you've got a, you know, a backyard or patio or something like that. Um, I think you're still going to get, a, it, it'll be a little more. So for one thing, it'll be bigger. Like a a thousand dollar pellet grill will get will help you if you got to cook for a family. This is small enough. It's like it's probably got the footprint of a of a. Uh, it looks like it has a footprint of a toaster oven, but taller. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like you could probably fit a chicken in it or a or a, a rack of ribs maybe, uh, but not a lot more than that. It doesn't look like you put a whole lot more you know in it than that. Um, but. Yeah, I mean if I were living in an apartment, I and I wanted to have $1000 to spend on a smoker, I I'd mm-hmm. probably get it because yeah, I mean it it does what it what it says on the label, so shall we say. And so it
1: if 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 that's if you're really craving it, that's the thing to to, to get I guess. I think that the downfall and that's what I was getting at with my earlier comment about, you know, year, and even your comment about, you know, it kind of gets you away from the the rustic nature of doing it yourself is you you then aren't able to to do all of those little things yourself monitor every little aspect and and you know my dad has he turned a pull behind trailer into a smokehouse so he controls everything (laughs) you know the temperature and the smoke and you know and for for someone like him he would look at this and just just scoff yeah. at it because you know <laughs> he he wants to have control of everything but he's also in a different uh situation than yeah than someone who would be in the market for this
0: right right yeah i uh i gotta meet your dad someday uh <laughs> 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 it sounds like my kind of guy uh yeah and well and then the, the other one you alluded to was the it's the the perfecta grill now this is an outdoor grill that can they they say can grill a ribeye steak in ninety seconds, um, and it's I, I, the tech in this is fascinating to me because it basically, if you think about it, most grills right now are pretty dumb tech. It's you've got fire, meat, and a surface, and you can control. If it's a gas grill, you can turn the, the heat up and down a little bit, but there's not a lot of fine tuned control. But you really everything is really about you got to deal with this radiant heat here with this this sear grill it's called it they have uh infrared burners uh, they're they're gas powered because that they they get to r- up to 3500 degrees uh no no 1600 degrees 3500 degrees you'd be melting the steel uh 1600 mm. degrees fahrenheit and but uh it's they're vertical and they move in and out away from the meat or the whatever you're cooking uh, in real time, as sensors detect what's going on with the food, and it's got an AI and all that sort of stuff, and that's how they can cook the food, like at steak, to perfection, to ninety to, in ninety seconds. I I think it's fascinating. I don't know that I want that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I the, this one more so. I feel like I would I would personally scoff at it because I think there's something. That's lost when you can just like even just the microwave, stick something in the microwave and nuke it and you you pull it out and yeah. okay, there's, there's dinner. Because I think food, I mean, more than just nourishing our body, I think there I think there's a I think it's fair to say that it can be a form of art, too. I mean, yeah. you've got the smell, the sight, the beauty, the you know, and the fact that it tastes good. And someone who can grill a good ribeye on a grill, mm-hmm. I would take every time over throw it into this machine and yep. have the perfect ribeye.
0: Yeah. My wife has Maybe said restaurants could use it, you well, know, but I think, I think yeah. in a restaurant context, this could make sense. Uh, yep. my yep. wife has said that she, one of the, one of the things that married, uh, she married me was because I could cook. So, you know, that's, <laughs> <laughs> so that uh, don't discount that. Um, <laughs> but you're right. Like I, I, there is an art to it. I mean, the oven is kind of a dumb box. If you think about it, an oven is just, it's just, heat and, and uh and uh, you know with elements and it goes up and down. It It's not exactly, you said it's at 350 and it, and it will range between 340 and 360 as it turns the elements on and off or the, or the burners on and off and that sort of thing. And it's really kind of a dumb box. Whereas this is really smart. It's got sensors. It knows what's in it. There are more and more of these. And I think it's going to come to our regular GE and uh, you know uh, whatever Gen Air ovens that we have in our homes, more of these smarts. This particular thing, I don't know that I would want to make a steak in ninety seconds w- w- by by an AI because there's something like you said. There's something visceral, visceral mm-hmm. for the cow and for me in, in cooking <laughs> this my myself over the fire. You know, I mean, in fact, yeah. if I if I make a steak, I want to do it over over charcoal or wood. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I even prefer that over uh, gas. There's just something different about
1: food cooked that way even and and even that reminds me of like you know dad grilling on uh, at home and you're outside visiting and chit-chatting and there's there's a whole extended culture experience and culture there that that is lost when it's you're just yeah, ninety seconds in a machine. <laughs> yeah. Here's your ninety
0: second state. Go go back over there. <laughs> Leave me <your laughs> yeah, alone with right. the machine. Yeah, yeah. There, there is something lost in that. I I like the idea. I like what they're, that that they're working on technology. I and Pat, you're right. This this in a in a restaurant. A ninety second oh, yeah. perfectly oh, nursing stay. home. Right. Oh. You yeah. know, something like
2: that where you've got a a group home or something like that.
0: It's in an institutional environment. Where you've got to you got to cook a lot of food for a lot of people very quickly, uh, catering a wedding, ninety second steaks, boom, 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 like that. Yeah, sure, yeah. Um, th- those would be better steaks than the way they do it now, which is partially pre cooked them and then heat them up right th- before they send it out. So I I, I agree with that. Now uh, we did have a whole list of things that were like weird things that were seen at CES, but I'm going to leave that for now. I'll put the link in the show notes so you can go look at those at your leisure, because I, I do want to make sure we get to some of our other headlines. Uh, but before we do, there was one thing that was not at CES that I want to bring up, because you are my VR people here. Uh, <laughs> and so this is clearly a topic that to, I want to address with you is uh, Apple announced that the Vision Pro is going to go on sale, pre-sale this very week as the show releases on Friday, and then be available on February 2nd. for? Th- it'll be $3,500 for the basic uh, device uh, if you need prescription lenses I think it's like a 100 bucks like no more than a 100 bucks it's pretty inexpensive when you consider Apple and they're throwing in a polishing cloth, which, you know, that's like 50 bucks right there. So, um, (laughs) act now
1: before they're all gone. Uh,
0: but Apple usually will drop something during, you know, at the beginning of CES to steal everyone's thunder without showing up in Las Vegas. Uh, but what do you, what do y'all think of, uh, the vision pro going on sale? Is this something uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go on a limb and say, this isn't something either of you would buy now, if you, know, when they come out with the one that is uh, half the price and twice the function, does it become more attractive to you? What do you think?
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it'd have to be, it, it, it would, ha- it'll have to com- for me, it'll have to compete with the price of the, of the meta quests. So, I mean, if it, it, it yeah. can't, I, you know, and, and, and because those, um Pat uh graciously gave me her MetaQuest two, which still does way more than I could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the the price of that is still um well it's it's darn right cheap compared to oh, yeah. to the Apple Vision Pro. Yeah. And MetaQuest so, three
0: is what now these nowadays, like eight seven ninety nine. So okay.
2: six ninety nine, seven ninety nine. I don't remember. So the, yeah. the quest yeah. two is cheaper how, how much memory you get. Than, yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: But, but, but still like, so it's going to have to do everything that the quest does, including all my games that I've already bought for the quest. Right. And it's going to have to be. The
2: library's got to be
1: there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got to be that, that cheap. Otherwise, I mean, if I'm just going to use the, the vision pro to look at my photos that are synced because it's Apple, which is great or my movies, no, I've got screens for that. It's got to do more than the MetaQuest does.
0: Let me put it that way, mm-hmm. uh,
1: I think, for me. Uh,
0: like, the the MetaQuest is, I mean, give Facebook credit. They, they've they really improved it. It's really, I mean, in fact, even just, I just started using the MetaQuest 2 again, and even from the last time I've used it, it's improved um, yeah. just in the they've software. Yeah. graphics
2: have been, well, and the graphics have, have, yeah. have been added, too, and the, yeah.
0: Yep, so... Uh, for 650 for the top-end MetaQuest 3, you know, that's a pretty darn compelling, you know, com- competition. So the Vision Pro has to, and don't get me wrong, what the Apple showed to the Vision Pro, like using it for putting, you know, when I talk about screen real estate, it, it, virtually uh, infinite screen real estate, that sort of thing. But I think right now, no one, it's like the Apple Watch, no one really knows what it's going to be good for.
1: I think that's that's the that's the problem. It's right right now there's not a new there's not that oh the, the Apple Vision Pro does this better than everybody else. Yeah. And like if you're just talking about screen real estate, now that's that's great, but you're still only looking really at one window at a time and I can have <laughs> a two a two monitor setup of my computer and even that I I can't look at every monitor all at the same time <laughs> and work, you know. Right. On everything all at once. I mean, it's 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 good in theory, but it's, uh, yeah, it's the it's Vision Pro, yeah, isn't doing anything better so far that I've seen than than what the Quest can do.
2: Well, now, one of the things is, is with people who use it for work, who do multiple screens, yep. somebody can walk in with a headset to a desk that's empty, put on their headset, and they have five monitors around them right. that are huge and they can have an environment where they're sitting on the top of a mountain doing this thing. Yeah. I can see that and my son Steven knows people who do this.
0: Yeah. With because uh, they other devices. Yeah. Do, right, just with a Meta Quest
2: or yeah. do, with the, you know, the riff. Do they not but,
1: uh, do they not get get tired of the the quest on their head? I mean, I, it's not that heavy, but it would it would if I was using it for work, I think it would start to bug me.
2: Well, I've, you know, with, with diff, a, uh, like the different headsets can balance that so you don't really feel the weight that much. Mm. You know, with uh, the Bobo, with the battery in the back, it, it counterweights so it almost feels like it's floating and I don't notice it. What I still have a problem is, if, if I've been in it too long, I start getting a little bit of a headache and a little bit of an upset stomach, no right. matter what I'm doing. And it's just that I think that's just too much screen around me all the time. But uh, as I say, Stephen knows people who go in there eight hours a day and use it. And it's like they can be in any coffee shop or any environment in the world and have multiple mm-hmm. screens. And at the end of the day, they just take off the headset. They don't have to worry about where they were, you know, that they had all these screens set up. They don't have to.
0: Right. Like you're talking so about it's the, a portable office, yeah. Father. you were talking about the, uh, the 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 laptop on the plane problem. You know, you, you put one of these on while you're on an airplane and tune tune out the the plane, and you can have you know a huge screen in front of you. You're tapping on your virtual keyboard in front of you on the tray table.
1: You know, until the stewardess tries to pass the coke to the person sitting next to you, and you <laughs> <laughs> you buy a window seat. you reach, you yeah, reach yeah. <laughs> your mouse, and you grab the
0: neighbor's knee or something. Yeah, that would
2: be. <laughs> Well, they suggest using it for more passive things when you're on a plane. Watching the other thing movie, is, is yeah. that your yeah your your boundaries start having problems in terms of where it's tracking. So you have to turn off the tracking so that you don't you know because yeah. it's moving. The plane is. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I saw yeah. someone on
0: Facebook talking about they tried to use a Meta Quest on an airplane and it was like they, their their controllers kept flying away like at <laughs> very high speed. Yeah, you have to turn
2: off the tracking on it and, and do. <laughs> manual control, but yeah, yeah, I've, I've
0: had people that do that, but. Okay. So that's uh so that's what's the trending those are the big trends i think in 2024 that we'll see is uh, like a, the ai powered things um the, the 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 transparent new tv tech health tech certainly mm-hmm. and some of this food tech and uh, so that's very interesting there's a to lot see. of
2: automotive tech too about yeah. the cars that could change colors and things like that
0: yeah there's always the cool car stuff but maybe we should do an, a show just on the auto tech uh, um maybe grab victor for that one and uh and, and see what what we want to do, it because that, that, that's a whole show's worth right there. Right. Yeah. All right. So before we move on to our headlines, we get some good ones to, to, tonight. Uh, I want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Matthew B., Joshua N., Paula W., Jim B., and Andy F. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So uh our first headline, I, I really like this one. I was really excited when I saw this one. Like, this is really cool. So uh, it's from the, the Guardian, which is a British newspaper, but it's about this... Uh, Initiative going on in New Orleans. Uh, the headline: We needed to get off the grid. New Orleans' community-driven response to blackouts. And New Orleans is all constantly getting hit by hurricanes and floods and losing power, and uh, it's a it's a problem, especially where it gets very hot, you know, and and you know, and, and humid in humid in New Orleans, and there's a lot of elderly folks and poor people uh, who suffer the most in these sorts of situations. So there's this new thing, the Community Lighthouse Network, and what it is, is it's a, uh, a, a network of community organizations, including churches and synagogues and mosques, but also health clinics and uh, you know, soup kitchens or community pantries, I think is what they're called now, um, that they set themselves up with extensive solar panels and battery backup systems so that when power goes out, they stay online and become a hub for people to come to to cool off recharge their devices, charge their medical devices, have a, a refrigeration to put their uh, perishable medicines in, uh, and to just gather and be with other people in this sort of uh, situation. And uh, the churches uh, and the other organizations that do this, the way that they, they pay for the these systems is uh, they pay back. They were saying this one church, even after they are... Um, Paying on the, even after when you account for the, the mortgage on the, 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 the panels and the, the batteries and all that sort of stuff, they're still paying 20 to 30% less for electricity because they're, 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 um, selling it back to the net, to the, to the, uh, the grid, um, and, and making money from selling the, the electricity to the grid and, and countering their expenses. Uh, what do y'all think of this? Of, this idea of churches being part of this network I, I I love it. What do you think?
1: I think it's great I think that I mean when it comes to to ministry i mean we're not all about i mean we're we're holistic yes, we'll put it that way. you know the Catholic Church isn't just about the spiritual health of everybody I mean we're about physical health as well and mental health emotional health i mean we 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 want to help people flourish in their humanity to the fullest extent possible. So to be a part of something like this, to, to help people in these emergency situations uh, to just find shelter or get out of the heat or, or warm up or, Bandship, even, you know, you yeah. know, I, I think it's great. I also really like that they call them community lighthouses. I just, I think that that's a, 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 a I've always, I'm always been a fan of lighthouses, but I mean, just that idea that this is a safe Harbor, It's a know, beacon. is, and right. a beacon, yep, to the safe harbor is and bringing
2: light. <laughs> it's it's
1: yeah, it's 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 got that that Christ symbolism in there, and so I just yeah. I I think that that's that's a, a beautiful thing, and I think more more cities should be should be doing this for sure. How about you, Pat? That's what
0: cool. do you think? Oh,
2: I think it's great. I, I'm so glad you brought this to our attention.
0: Yeah, I I love the idea that uh, that these houses of faith become these beacons of safety. In a, in a time of trouble and because they always have been, but also it takes care of people, their spiritual and physical health. And like mm-hmm. you said, Father, and I agree, that is great. I, I want to see this in more places. I think it's fantastic. I mean, already there are lots of churches that become shelters for people in storms and that sort of thing. Uh, but this is- yeah,
2: warming centers and things yeah. like that, yeah.
0: But this sure. is an in, a more intentional use, an intentional network of things, setting them up, with this newer technology to, to provide mm-hmm. for this, because, you know, have, being able to char, you know, provide electrical power is a big part of it, in addition to heating or cooling, depending on the weather. Uh,
1: so I, I really love that. Well, and I think that there's something to be said, too. I mean, as as well as food and shelter and and warmth and whatnot, one of the essential things that we need in our, especially, I guess, today's culture in these crisis situations is the ability to reach out to family members who are outside of the crisis. So to charge your cell phones, to be able to, you know, let everybody know you're OK is is part of 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 that, that just emotional and uh, uh, well-being of of the person and the family and the communities.
0: Right, And gathering with your neighbors, too, like to instead of being isolated at home in the dark, you're together with other people, your neighbors in a place of, yep. of light and warmth or cool, depending mm-hmm. on what you need. Uh our next headline is uh from the Atlantic and it says welcome to captcha hell. <laughs> if you've if, from heaven to hell. <laughs> that's right. If you've ever had to, you know, fill out a, a block of images and try to find all t- click on all of the sidewalks. Well, does that little bitty corner that's on that in that one does that count as part of the sidewalk? You know, it's like, "Oh, I hate those things." And that's And if you're on your phone versus an iPad or a, you know, it's just horrible. Yes and uh, so this article explains why these captures are getting more difficult than they have been partly because uh, scammers are using bots to figure to to get past the easier ones and so they have to balance you know the three you know usability security and uh, i forgot what the third thing was but there's like there's three things they have to balance um and and you know our our usability it becomes second to the security aspect they're trying to prevent these you know bot enabled scammers to getting into things uh what what do y'all think? I mean, do you guys have the same issues with captures that I do
1: yeah i think <laughs> I think we need I think we need a new system and i and i and I'm not the one to to brainstorm and come up with a new idea, but AI is getting smarter and smarter and smarter, so these captures are naturally going to get more and more complex i've I've done some of them where it's a math problem or like a puzzle that you have to solve. Yeah. And I mean, before too much <laughs> longer, discrimination, you're, you're,
0: <laughs> <laughs> what about the mathematically but, challenged?
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 Well, and before too much longer, you're going to have to need to know calculus just to, <laughs> to get beyond one of these things. So,
2: well, and you've got the verbal versus nonverbal people. I mean, you know, the mm-hmm. people that are literate versus, you know, and so you got, you've got a lot of
1: barriers there that you're tromping on. <laughs> And I don't know maybe if if there was a way I don't know, I, I'm not the one to to think of this but I'm thinking you know like I mean we use our like biometrics to prove you're a human or something yep. you know I use my fingerprint all the time to log into my computer you know or yep. I I don't know there, there's got to be a better way than, than than a captcha
0: One of the things they talk about in the article is that Google is is doing more with, is even before you get to the captcha they're monitoring you, your behavior on the website. So when you get to the website, humans typically do these things. They log in, they look at things they that they might want to purchase or whatever. Um, and then they, they take these steps over this period of time, typically. But if, you know, you immediately go to this page and try to break in using a thousand different <laughs> iterations within 10 right. seconds, then you're probably a bot. And so that is really, so like a lot of times, if you go to a site and do a bunch of things and then you come to a captcha page and you click the little checkbox and it's a, and it lets you go right on in without showing the, uh-huh. the puzzle i've
2: seen that and i didn't know that yeah, yeah.
0: whereas if, it. if you go directly to that page perhaps you get shown mm-hmm. the captcha so they they're they're, do, they're trying to do more of this but yeah it's a difficult problem because on the one hand, we want AI to get as human-like as possible. Some people do as human-like as yeah. possible. <laughs> and on the other hand, we have that problem: is if they're too human, they, you know, welcome to our Sky new Roman overlords. Yes, yeah, dad <laughs> So, um, yeah, but I, I, whatever the case is, I hate these captions—the ones that make me try to decipher, like what, what is it? Is that a bicycle in that blurry picture? I can't tell. And then, I, <laughs> and then, you know, you—the worst is you click them all, and then it. You you failed and it shows you another you know, set. It's like know. oh, I got to <laughs> start all over again. So uh. yeah,
2: or and some of these could be cultural problems. Like it'll show you a picture of something and say which way is right side up. Oh yeah, you know, and and uh, so depending upon what your background is, you might not know what that object was supposed to look like event originally.
0: That's true. That's a good point. Yes. Uh, all right. Then our third headline is from the register. Uh, Hewlett Packard exec says, quiet part out loud when it comes to locking in print customers. So uh, if you own an HP printer, you probably have encountered the, their uh, ink subscription service called Instant Ink. Uh, I have a printer where I've had the Instant Ink service for actually a while now. And if you're anything like me, I've I, I got five kids and they they print things. Uh, but most people I know do not print very much anymore at, at home. Um I, I occasionally, I have a, I have a, a laser printer that I use for work. I have sometimes more intensive print jobs, but uh for the inkjet printer, we don't use it a lot, but they were charging me $4.99 a month for this instant mm-hmm. ink service. And for that, I got like a hundred, no, a couple hundred pages for something like that. Um And but I didn't print a hundred pages a month. They, I, you know, I'd print a 10 and they would roll it over for me, but those rollovers would only last so long. And then they just recently sent a price increase. And so then I just canceled the darn thing outright. And now I'm just, I'm going to buy ink. Well, I found out in the fine print, I actually could just go back to buying ink cartridges as I need them because they don't want you to know that because back to the article, Mm um, the, Chief Financial Officer at HP was talking at a conference and basically said, You know, we see that when you move a customer from that pure transactional model, buying things as you need them, whether it's instant ink plus adding on paper, they have a paper subscription service now. We sort of see a 20% uplift on the value of that customer. Value, that's corporate speak, <laughs> I'm of gouging sure anymore. <laughs> yeah, because you're locking that person committing to a longer term relationship. Uh, So what they, so none of this is for your benefit, no matter what the marketing says, the, th- they do these, they're doing these subscription things because they get more money out of you. Mm-hmm. uh, And that's it, it, for money that you don't need to spend because you don't need that service. That, well, one of
1: right. the, one of the. I mean, biggest ways we waste money is, is if you don't see it happen. So, you know, yep. subscriptions are out of sight, out of mind, and it just kind of happens in the background and you don't even think about it, even if it's just $5 a month. But that's, you know, if you're only, 60, yeah. I mean, but yeah, it adds up if you're not, if you're not using it to the extent that it's worth. And then, yeah, the, the company's just raking in all the, the benefits of that.
2: Right. Well, and they've also had a problem with they're locking you in so badly that if you use a competitor's ink, then you all of a sudden it won't print anymore. Yeah. Right. Or if you stop your instant ink, there are printers that you have bought that they lowered the cost on the printer in order for you to use the instant ink service that was part of the requirement. And therefore, when you stop using instant ink, the printer doesn't work
0: anymore at all. Right. Hmm. Right. That's that's. Yeah. So some printers, you can just cancel the subscription but others. If you cancel the subscription, the printer you bought and this is their own fault because they were lowballing the printer hardware. They're selling it at a loss so they could sell you you the ink later, uh, which is a classic sales tactic. And printer ink and and printer ink is the most expensive substance on the planet. Ounce for ounce. It is literally. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not. I'm not even joking. That is literally true. It is the most expensive thing in the in the world. But they did this to us by lowering, by artificially lowering the prices of the pr- printers to get us in the door. You know, to get us hooked on it, basically. Um, so, uh, the problem is, is they're all doing it. So, you know, who who can you turn to? the The best thing is, is if you can stop printing altogether and maybe go with a uh, like laser printers are a little better. They're, they're they're a little less gougy than well, inkjet printers, I find.
2: Well, the tank printers are equivalent to the uh, lasers in terms of cost per per page, too.
0: The the,
2: well, the when you have the tank the, the the big bottles of ink that you're just oh, refilling, right. right? The tank printers,
1: yes,
0: yeah. yes. I had one of those for a while too. Um, I I ended up giving that one away uh, just because. Um, again, I didn't use the I I got the 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 instant ink subscription printer for free because i i was it was a review model um right. and i ended up giving the other one away but yeah the yeah i just
2: well and the tank printers evidently the lasers use more electricity use more power than the the tank printers do too so there, that's another reason that
0: yeah yeah but basically I said to I said to my wife Melanie I said if we need to print anything we'll print it on the laser printer and we're just going to get rid of the other one and because we just like I said we just don't print that much stuff anymore um, which is probably better in the long run anyway
2: <laughs> right well I've been trying to show people that instead of printing they can put it on a, to a PDF and exactly. save those things and then then selectively if they need to print one, they can right but they've mm-hmm. got the PDFs of them
0: all that's right that's right yeah all right, those are our headlines, and I think it's time to move on to our picks of the week. And uh, Father Andrew, what is your pick this week?
1: My pick this week is a is an app uh, for your phone called Flighty. Mm. Um, it's it's been really handy. I have it on my phone. Um, it tracks flights across the um, all the various different airlines and everything. And it you can add them add them to your phone. You can. Uh, see the the route that the, f- the f- um, plane is actually taking you can see where the plane c- is coming from you can see if there's delays um, there's all sorts of, of good information for those either if you're flying yourself or if you're tracking family members who are fr- flying for um, holidays and and whatnot and there's um, a free version which which kind of does all the basic stuff and you have to be in the app or there's a, a pro version which I have not done but it sounds intriguing because it'll do things like it'll push updates to your phone if there's delays it'll you know do, sync with your calendar if you're traveling a lot you can have all your flights synced up there and it'll do a lot more with the pro version but the free version does everything you could ever want it to for your average kind of consumer so it's right. Was something that I was using um, as I was flying to and to and to to and from uh, various places over Christmas break. So nice. Uh, I recommend that. Oh, and the other the other thing that I liked about it, and it, it's for the pro version, and I've only experienced it once because your first flight is is on pro is free, um, and then you got to mm-hmm. pay for it. But it does work with Apple's um, Dynamic Island. Oh yes. Uh, so and the the live the live notifications and stuff. So that was that was pretty cool too
0: one of the things i've heard about flighty is that uh it has it can predict delays before they they happen using uh they you know they're using an ai model and you're looking they, mm-hmm. they historical data and all that sort of stuff and they can predict delays but up to they said up to 25 hours prior to departure which is fascinating um and yeah. also i've heard from people say that they will get gate change updates before the the airline does like before that shows up on the gate at the at the airline, you know, where that they're sitting at, uh the the flighty will tell them uh the gate is changed to this other gate. And it still says their flight on the here and they'll but they'll go to the other gate and then it will change. So um oh, that's fascinating. Wow. Yeah. Flighties get access to data like you wouldn't believe. So that's that's a good pick. Um if if you're if you travel, that's the one.
1: <laughs> that's what I've heard. In conjunction with the, you know, the, the airline app itself, which is what I use for right. boarding so the pass and all the, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, the boarding pass, yeah. Uh, all right, Pat, what is your pick this week?
2: Well, uh, we talked about medical stuff at CES, and I happen to be already researching some things for hearing impaired people. And uh, so this... This last month, I've been playing with Apple's live captions, where you can basically have it open and uh, have it transcribe for you the conversation that's going on in front of you. Mm. Uh, I did try using it in church to see if it would pick up the sermon, and it doesn't. It must be something to do with how close the voice is to you, because it didn't pick up anything. From the, from the PA system, uh. no matter which person was talking. So I've also then looked at some other transcription apps, trying to bridge that gap. And uh, the one I've liked so far best, it was called Live Transcribe. And uh, if, if you had somebody who was talking pretty distinctly, uh, like we have one deacon that, that almost everything he said came through. And I tried a couple of other apps and like maybe one word out of a hundred would come through and you get something like uh, uh, instead of apparitions, you get operations or mm-hmm. sometimes it would just out of uh, two minutes, it might show you four words. So the live transcribe seemed to give me the best thing if you had somebody speaking pretty distinctly.
0: Okay. So. Uh, and that, but the uh, live live transcribe has a subscription model for
2: uh yeah it's it's fifty dollars a year okay. uh you get to try it out for so many transcriptions or so much time. I don't remember yeah. exactly what the limit was, so I decided to opt for it because it was at least giving me something off of the p a system that I could look at and get ninety mm. percent of it
0: that's great yeah for for people who have a hard time hearing like sometimes the p a systems um even for people who don't have hearing impairment they 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 can hear fine but i know that those can sometimes really be hard for people who do have um any type of hearing issues and that's great that there's something that can help with that Fantastic.
2: Well, we have a, a friend that at the last couple of uh, meal gatherings has she's on an Android and Google's uh, transcribe works really, really well for her. Mm. And uh, so basically she can just hold out the phone and see what people are close to her are saying. Now, sometimes it'll pick up people a little bit further down the way. But so that's kind of what I was looking for was an equivalent of the Google transcribe, but the, the Google doesn't make it for iOS. Right. So I was having to find other alternatives.
0: Okay. Very good. So my pick this week is a nice little uh, package that you might want to get for a a young man or young woman in your life who... uh, is interested in computers, electronics, or uh, that sort of hands-on sort of thing, it's called the uh, the 30-Day Coding and Circuits Challenge, or the uh, Adventure Kit. Uh, it's from inventor.io. And f- uh, how much is it? I forget exactly. Um, they keep putting it on sale. It's always on sale. Uh, but right now, it's 72 bucks. but I've seen it for even less than that. So, uh, you know, keep an eye on it. But what it is, is it's a little kit full of all times kinds of little electronic gadget, gadgets and doodads, including an Arduino microprocessor board and a breadboard and other things like that. And it comes with software and ebooks to use with your your computer. And it's a game that helps them learn. And what it is is it sets up a scenario where you know, oh, you seem to, you were on your spaceship and seem to have crashed on this alien planet. You have to repair your ship in order to, you know, save yourself in the next 30 days. And so over the course of 30 days, it gives them uh, lessons, quote unquote, uh, jobs of repairing your various ship systems, using the various electronic components that it gave you and the software that comes with it. And, uh, and it, it, Provides this education in electronics, basic electronics, in the context of this fun game. Uh, And this is great for, yeah, from uh, upper elementary kids who are probably maybe a a little gifted all the way up through high school, you know, so we could work with with them. Um, Yeah, so uh, definitely check it out if you've got someone in your life who might be interested in this sort of thing. Uh, uh, I got one for my son, and he's still, he's off and on with it. He, you know, he 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 has he has attention issues. So <laughs> he, thirty days is a long time to plan for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> he enjoys he enjoys it when he's when he remembers to to, to get back into it and and to, he loves fiddling with things and building things and like you know having electronic gadget games and that sort of thing. So um, it's something to check out. So I, re- I recommend it. All right, so those are our picks of the week, and that is our show this time. We'd love to hear from you what you thought of anything we talked about today and you could, or what you think the hot new trends in tech will be in 2024. And you can do that by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or the StarQuest Facebook page, facebook.com slash StarQuest Media. Send an email to technology at sqpn.com or visit the Starquest Discord community at sqpn.com slash Discord. You can find links from our discussion and our picks of the week on our show notes uh, at StarQuest.fm slash TEC241. That's StarQuest.fm slash tech forty uh, one. be sure to write a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from if they allow reviews or ratings. And share the podcast with your friends to help us grow this community. Until next time, Father Andrew Kinstetter, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. Absolutely. Pat Scott, thank you as well. It's been fun. And once again, I'm Don Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of technology on StarQuest.